Welcome y bienvenidos to Presently Aquí with Claudia, an insightful mindfulness podcast to help you discover ways to control your thoughts, emotions, fears, and essentially mastering self-love. Welcome to Presently Aquí with Claudia. I am Claudia, your host. And Presently Aquí is a community of healers uh, that come together from around the world to share their remarkable experience about their journey to self-discovery. And today I have a beautiful goddess to kick off our new year, 2024, and Pluto in Aquarius with Sway Gidi. Hello, beautiful. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me here, Claudia. I cannot tell you how excited I am about our conversation. You already made the space so welcoming. I'm, mm. I'm just excited. Yes, totally. <laughs> like our, our, our pre-chat was just like meeting of the souls. Yeah. Right. It was just so beautiful. It was. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So before I begin, uh, Sway, would you mind letting the audience know um, a little bit about what you do? Yes. So I am a woman or a human that wears many different hats. But if I had to use three golden words to express myself, that would be I'm a creative, a mystic, and an entrepreneur. I say these three golden words because I believe they are the foundations of everything that I kind of do in life. My biggest gift that I feel as a human is to continuously create. And through my creation, there's always these ripple effects of where it touches humanity and expands humanity even more. And then as a mystic, my work and my, I would say, duty and responsibility per se is to be that guide, to be that shepherd and to be that. I don't like using the term specifically healer because I don't feel like I'm here to heal. I'm here to empower one to heal themselves, right? So that would be, that would be my second playground. And lastly, as an entrepreneur, I feel I'm a very playful, fun, and bold person. Um, You will explore this as we continue chatting. But for me, I'm someone who follows the whispers of life and potential. I'm always listening and I'm always creating. I'm someone who consciously consumes to then consciously create. And for me, in my ventures as an entrepreneur, I'm always cultivating spaces for people to empower themselves to heal, to share their stories, to create more impact, to feel like, yeah, you know what? I am ready to be heard. I'm ready to be seen for all that I am so that we can leave behind the wounds of the many, many, many past lives that we carry. So that is a little bit about my magic. (laughs) I love that. And you see why she's on here, right? This is why. And I love that she's like, I'm not a healer. I'm here to empower, which is exactly what, you know, presently is about. Um, Thank you for sharing you're truly multifaceted and multidimensional self. Thank you for having yes. me. Yes. So before we begin this remarkable conversation, we're going to take a few deep breaths together. Um, and if you're driving, please just try to do this later or just do it, but don't close your eyes. <laughs> right. Um, so we're going to take uh, just to settle into this space, into the now. We're going to take one deep breath just to be here with and now with everything. And the next deep breath, we're going to just take a deep breath in our bodies, just to feel our bodies. And 
the next deep breath, we'll feel into our hearts. In the next deep breath, we're just going to be with our mind, no matter what may be going on, everything and nothing at the same time. And lastly, the last deep breath is for you, just because you love yourself and we're here now and alive. So good, so grounding. So beautiful. <sighs> yes. And, and, and you know, I started these because I'm always running hectic, as Sway saw. <laughs> Sometimes we have issues. I had technical issues, and that helps, you know, obviously the listener, my guests, and myself to just be here now and just be at ease. Yeah, tune into the presence. I always love when conversation starts off with this intention of, for a moment, let's separate to then integ integrate. And I think that was such a beautiful segue into this. So I thank you for holding the space for doing this. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> yes, it really sets the tone. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like, like you said, like it puts everything to the side. We're here now. Let's get into it, right? So um, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, beautiful goddess sway. Tell us a little bit of some of the challenges that you face on your path to self-discovery. Uh, I always feel that the word challenges has been a challenge in itself for me to integrate. So I'm going to start there because etymology is my favorite thing, as yes. I shared with you before. <laughs> I feel that the perception of what is a challenge needs to be viewed first for context of mm -hmm. my journey of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. For me my story kind of started as a child who grew up in this environment where there was lots of love but not in the sense that was enough for my capacity and i believe in life many of us experience that where we have maybe the capacity of a large vessel but the other maybe of a pint and that difference in itself creates that challenge but i feel the word challenge in my story or my journey has been more about changing perception. So for me, growing up in a household that was sort of like living in the duality of, oh, so this is love in this sense, and then it's also not love in this sense, I started to have a distinct disconnection with who I was because I really did not know like who is way My roots as an oracle, my lineage, everything just became the forefront more than me. So it was always about an honoring the past, honoring who came before me than the presence. So if I had to break, break it down in a nutshell, my biggest challenge in my, my self-discovery or in my coming to self was understanding that th that disconnection was necessary. I felt a lot of resentment when I first came across that uh, that discovery of like, oh, so this is the disconnection. And in my journey of evolving as a person, 
I felt so heavily resistant to understand why I felt that disconnection, why this part of me wanted to honor me, not just everything that came before me, but me. And the exploration of that led me to understand that it was never really a challenge. It was a redirection. So in my vocabulary, a challenge has always been a redirection. I feel that in in the viewpoint of self-discovery, growth, evolution, we often forget that life is always giving these whispers of realignment because there is never a moment of full alignment because truly full alignment means perfection and perfection does not exist. And so for me, the challenge or the redirection was why the craving, the yearning to be seen by myself. And that's when it all made sense that I had to understand my full capacity in who I am right now in this human body, rather than just being the parts of myself that I was in my many past lives. Because I truly believe that we're reflections of each other. So my ancestors of five generations ago, they were me as much as mm-hmm. they are they're, you know, as much as I am them. So the yearning of understanding myself really catapulted me into understanding that once I truly knew who I was and understood what my evolution meant, that became my playground. And so here we are today exploring that playground. So yeah, in in a nutshell, that was my challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you, you know, you reframe the challenge, right? Because I call it an invitation, right? The redirection. The open invitation yeah. um, and I love how you mentioned how you know you were just this I mean we're all infinite but um, not everybody has the awareness that we are right and so some of us think that we're just a puddle yeah. and we're really the ocean and yes. so as as you as I don't know how early did you tap into your abilities um, did you know like immediate like at what point did you start to have that self-awareness I think the first clear memory was when I was four. I was four years old and we were sitting at a ritual space. My parents were putting up our altar and they were kind of teaching me the normal things that they've been teaching me ever since I was, you know, ever since I could understand the world. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was sitting in front of the altar and I was looking at the flame and I could feel the flame communicating with me. And I told my parents like, that's the flame and the flame is dancing it's speaking it's I could hear it and that was the first clear memory of me being aware of my gift and what it meant so yeah wow wow yes fire is a phenomenal teacher is I I I just always every time I light a match or light a a lighter like I give it grace because it's such a remarkable teacher right like all the elements But for some reason, fire is so prominent, right? Even though it kind of feels, tell me if you you feel this, like, because water is also used more than fire, that Mm. we kind of not um, purpose take it for granted, but it's just everywhere all the time, right? We drink it, we shower, we wash our hands. It's just, and we don't really sit with it as much as the fire. We have more caution, right? So it makes us more, 
present because there is caution to it because it could get burnt, right? Obviously. Yeah. So I, I love how it, it spoke to you at such a young age. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting when you said that, the distinction between water and fire. The way I've always looked at these elements, and maybe you felt this as well, I feel like, you know, these elements know their role really well, right? right? The yeah. flame, yeah. she is very very present the water i feel represents more of the moving the movement Mm -hmm. the motion Mm -hmm. so she does not i i don't feel like the water element needs she's not grabbing that attention for the presence where the flames purpose soul role is presence right Mm -hmm. so i think that distinction always reminds me i don't think it's about it's i don't think it's the water's role or it's the water's responsibility to bring Mm -hmm. presence the water's role is dueling the movement. Yes. You know? I love that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because even air is the same, right? It's just yeah. a flow, a continuum. It doesn't, it's yeah. not, yeah, yes, yes. And I'm thinking of all the other ones. I'm like, oh, and earth. Earth yeah. is just not that space either, right? Yeah. That's not its lesson. It's teaching us foundation, right? Yeah. Not, wow. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's so beautiful. And Yeah. Uh, really recommend for anyone that is looking to get into a more present state definitely work with fire just light a candle and sit with it and talk to it and sure enough it will give you a beautiful gift of a deeper um for me it was more of an observer like it really helped me to remove myself so much right that i was able to observe the experience of my life and i was like wow yeah And it also has such great health benefits. I mean, you know, I'm always about the holisticness. So like if you ever play with fire in the sense of just observing it, you you first of all start to understand magic even more beautifully. Mm -hmm. If you ever sit Mm -hmm. with fire, you see the layers between the fire, Mm -hmm. the different Mm -hmm. shades, right? Mm -hmm. I I think it's always a beautiful reminder. Like when you look at a tree, it's a reminder of like, wow, magic exists, you know? And another thing is that when you sit with fire, your eyes, they're meant, for some reason, they're meant to be gazing into it because it actually has these health benefits that it refreshes our eyes. So, yeah, for anyone, do that. Health benefits, reminder of the magic, why not? (laughs) Yes, definitely. And let us know when you do because... Yeah. We would love to hear how it te- what it's taught you, right? Yeah. Um, beautiful. So as we're going through your journey, um, in um, so where did you grow up, if I may ask? Yeah, no problem. I grew up in Drolston in Manchester, UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. So as you're going through, you, you know, your life in Manchester, um, uh, especially as a teen, did you have yeah. any issues having the self-awareness and going to school with kids and things like that? How were you able to traverse that that, wor- that that world for you? It was very, very, very difficult and easy at the same time. I feel like um, there are 108 laws of the universe, and I feel like I've experienced all 108 in my in my life, like every in every section. And I feel like the law of duality has always been a big part of my life. Mm. And so as a teen, growing up in an environment that was so, because my parents were immigrants, growing up in an environment that was so forward in the sense of, you know, sectionality, 
segregation, separation, it was a very heavy realization that I wasn't just different inherently, but I was also different, you know, as a perception wise. And so there was that awareness of like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not a part of this in the sense that has been advertised per se in, in social circles, but also there was this easefulness and maybe it was the, it was the tuning in with my gift. It just made me a very big people person. Like I was able to, I think I was six or seven years old when I began seeing people in colors, sort of seeing their auras. And so it kind of made very interesting for me as an observer, I was able to observe how they were feeling and be able to sort of reflect that back to them. Right. And so for me, it created this bubble of whenever I felt like I was being too separated or too differentiated, like my gift sort of came in, like, we got this, (laughs) you know? So it was, it was that awareness and balancing of like, how can I take this awareness and allow myself to be in spaces in an easeful way to then continue being myself? So while it was difficult, it made me a big people person. And it also taught me a lot about boundaries, like, okay, you know, boundaries with my gifts. There were many, many times I would, I would rely so much on my gift and I would allow everything (laughs) to come in. And I'm sure you know how that feels. Um, It was, it was, it was terrifying, but also at the same time, being in that space of learning my boundaries it made me understand humanity a lot more. So in my teen years were the most intense years of my life that I feel my growth spurt internally happened. Right. So yeah, wow. it, there was awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Cause it, it is overwhelming when you, you open up too much Yeah, and you know, especially as we're kids, right. And we want to help and we want to, we want to be ourselves and give and offer, right? And yeah. we're learning. And as I like how you're like, yeah, I kind of was learning. Like, what are my boundaries? Why, yeah. How much do I open the gates? How much do I like kind of not? And yeah. um, and and work that and, and learn about yourself. And it's really good because um, a lot of kids do have that awareness, but they also don't have uh, the terminology, right? Yeah. Uh, of what that means yeah and and why do I do the things that I do and why do I know the things that I know yeah absolutely it's it's so interesting you know you mentioned like we are at that capacity as kids to just be sharing specifically for me there was this one moment as a kid where I think I was maybe 10 years old or 11 years old where I felt I was in this room that I was with these other peers and there was, it was a very difficult time. I think we heard a particular sad news that particular week, but I could feel the energy so much that at the same time, allowing myself that moment. And I think this is the gift of awareness, especially as kids, the gift of awareness, the sooner you become aware as a kid, the more your playground kind of expands because when I, found that I got aware of all these energies and I was kind of tuning into them, I became very selective of, Mm. oh, okay, who can I empower now? Because it was never about, you know, going back, it was never about healing, but who can I empower now? And it always began with these moments of kindness, because I could see through the vulnerability and transparency, 
it was so easy for me to take up that space of like in the darkness, I will be the light, Mm. you know? So I think my awareness really did redirected into that motto of wherever there is that darkness, I will try my best to be the light and shine my light from within. So yeah, I, I resonate with that a lot. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's really um, a special awareness to have at that age to yeah. be that light, knowing that you are that light, right? Yeah. And that you can bring that to people in a certain space. That is, that's beautiful to have. Because as I'm listening to you, I think back, I was just, um, I didn't know. I didn't have the awareness so young, but I do remember my sixth grade. Um, I don't know if you had this in the UK, but when you graduate uh, elementary school, you get an autograph book where your friends sign notes. Yeah. And all of mine, all of them say, stay sweet, stay sweet, yeah. stay sweet. And I'll, and then I never forget that because as a kid, I thought, what, is, what, what, what does that mean? You yeah. know, how am I being sweet? What is sweet? You know? Mm. And so now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I was always that. And I just, yeah. and, and looking at all everybody's like, stay sweet, stay sweet. I'm like, wow. So, but you knowing is different, right? It's just you bringing that space in um, uh, intentionally. And, you know, I think in any, any space that, as you know, um, is, is lacking a little light, is nice yeah. to be that intentional light um, in all given spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's amazing. Oh, Thank, you. That. <laughs> Thank you, my love. So, um, when you finished high school, did you uh, like continue in your growth of your abilities or did you go into a regular college and study like normal matrix things? I did both. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, my parents and my family specifically, we had a lot of generational wealth. So they were wealthy in that sense. So they were very deep in the matrix to speak. Um, but also I think my parent, my family dynamic was as such that my parents were an active duty. So in, in, in our lineage, every person who is born in our lineage, they were all active energy workers. That means they were actively using their gifts in the community. So being in that space, it was almost like it was a must, like you have to balance the two worlds. You have to be part of the spirit world. You also have to be part of the matrix to fully integrate all of it. Um, so I had, I was made to have very high expectations, you know, like of where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, I did end up going to Cambridge, University of Cambridge. Very nice. I did double majors in uh, psychology, clinical psychology, and English literature and language. Um, okay. But also at the same time, while I was doing everything, I left home at 15 because it got too much for me to be in the dynamic. I think I shared this before, but for context, my, my, my family functioning was as such that, oh, there's a lot of honor in here. There's a lot of respect here. There's a lot of love here. But they would also use the word love or care to do a lot of things that were wrong. Um, mm. You know, we love you. That's why we're putting pressure on you. We love you. So, you know, we need to punish you so you can understand this. We love you. That's why we're telling you that you cannot make mistakes. Someone like you should never make mistakes. And that, as much as I'm, you know, 
magical, I'm also human. And I think it it changed my perspective. The human part of me really felt that disconnection of like, I cannot take this anymore. In the name of love, I cannot tolerate to be punished, to be abused, to be, you know, put through trauma. So I left home and I pretty much started working a lot of different jobs to support myself. And it was, I was very deep in the matrix in that time where I was exploring a lot of different things at a very young age. But continuing my education, when I was in university, I did take a lot of time away from my gifts. And I don't think, I don't even think it's the right word to say I took a long time away from my gifts. I would say the practice of my Mm -hmm, gifts, mm -hmm. the practice of staying in connection with the energies, right? I didn't have an altar in my dorm. I didn't have my rituals that I usually did. I wasn't practicing purely because I felt so conflicted. Like how can such a sacred space have so much, um, I don't even know what's the right word, negativity, you know, so much negativity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Seemingly so, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was very difficult, a very difficult pill for me to swallow. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe like throughout that time, I was, I was moving through, I was healing through a lot of trauma because I went full no contact with my right. family. Right. And I was healing through the idea of what it really meant for me to be human and still be this individual yes. that carries the capacity of X, Y, and Z. And one of the things that I realized during that period of my journey was redefining that I'm not my parents I'm never going to be like them redefining I'm not my ancestors at least in the human sense right and understanding what that meant really allowed me to channel and do my work my core work even better I feel like that was so necessary that separation was so necessary because I was not being able to be my full sacred self Mm -hmm. you know And it allowed me to really see, oh, okay, so this is why this was placed. This this is why I was born into this family. This is why we have these bonds. This is why we met in this lifetime. And so for me, it was a sacred journey that being in the matrix and also continuing my, you know, studies as as someone who practices energy work, that was very sacred for me. And then after that, when I was just about to finish my university, I went to Tibet and I went to Nepal and I worked with monks in monasteries. And I took almost two years of silence. I practiced two years of silence, no speaking. And I would spend a lot of time. I worked with one monk specifically in Nepal who put me for five hours a day in a room, dark room complete senses off. At least to say I learned a lot <laughs> about myself, wow. about everything. Wow. So yeah, it was it was powerful, magical, but it also taught me balance, true balance of what it means to walk both planes. Wow, that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just taken because like there is always a point um, for us to to separate ourselves from that spiritual space just yeah. because we need to know what it's like to be human. Yeah. Right? What does that mean? Let me just be human mm-hmm. and then 
uh, come back to my practices, also love that distinction, right? You can't yeah. get away from yourself. It's just the practices of um, that kind of like I <laughs> I don't want to work out, right? Yeah. Because I want to know what it's like to just be just not work, right? So the same idea yeah. and come back to the gym later. But that's that that was it's really needed right it's yeah. important and uh anyone who's listening I, I thank you for bringing that up because anyone who's listening that may feel um shame around disconnecting yourself spiritually because you need to know what it's like to be human that's normal that's yeah. totally normal in the journey right yeah it's needed it's so needed because yeah. how it's just like you said it's overload it's just yeah. too much especially when you're so young um you just don't even know who you are yet, right? Yeah. You just like, oh, and this, and then my parents, and then the school, and then, and then, and then it's just suffocating. Yeah. And then just like, hold on, I'm just gonna just, just give me a moment, just give me space. I'm gonna create that space. I'm not asking for it. I'm taking it. Yeah. <laughs> right, because if you ask, then you're not really committed to what you need. Yeah. Um, because this is your life. You're taking it. This is mine. I'm gonna remove myself. And then I'll come back just can't. So, and then, and, and as you're doing that, right, I love how then you finally, you were ready and then went into study with the monks. Yes. Right? Then you, you were like, okay, now I, I, this is the direction I want to go to and not yeah. be influenced by my family, although yeah. they've been, you know, generations of energy workers. Cause I've, you know, you know, mostly the, the two types of, of, guests that I have is either they come from a family or lineage right of healers or they are the first yeah um so it's always that but it doesn't take away from your own journey of like finding yourself yeah. on your own yeah. and so that's why right the that first question is so important because we still have to go through our journey of who am I what does that mean and how do I want to show up in the world um also like what is work <laughs> what are bills um how do i manage that space and yeah. um and you were able to go into the space with the monks and um that that vow of silence and being in the dark is so important yeah um in the dark because i i've i've read a lot on it and watched other people do it as well and into the extremity of like three days right and you like five hours a day um did you feel that that helped you tap in more into the ether, right? You're able, yeah. in the dark, you're able to see more, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you feel that experience? I did. I did. And I feel like it was very necessary for me to do so. Mm. Because I feel like before that, I already reached a point in my life where I was like, I know the direction I want to take, but yeah. there was a lot of cloud, a lot of fog perceptionally speaking and for context i'm someone who sees metaphorically and even physically my gifts rely on me seeing and so being an oracle my biggest way of creating that space of healing is through seeing into the future seeing into the past seeing yes. right and so for me my perception was very clouded very very clouded and when your perception is clouded, even as someone who holds the sacred container to create space for others, you can't nurture who you are as a human. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the biggest space. I did not know what my humanness needed. I knew what 
I needed as someone who is part of this lineage, who's, who knows, I'm very connected to the spirits, but I did not know what I needed as a human. And that was the most important mission for me at that time. So when I was in the dock, I just saw so much more of myself, so much more of what I really, really needed to see for me to nurture my human body. I didn't even know my years could work as much as they did. I was picking up on everything. And I think after the two years of that, I became so much more in tune. Like now, I don't even have to. And this is uh, this is funny, but it also is very interesting. I have become the kind of person where I have really found this balance that when I meet someone and I'm not, if I don't know if I want to work with them yet or are, are they safe for my energy uh-huh. to, you know, mm-hmm. meddle yes. with. I can just rely on my senses. And so I've kind of put the gift that my energy has into my main senses. So now when I walk into a room, I look at someone with the way they do their hair, with what are they wearing, with the way they're saying things. I don't even have to use my energy. Perception, you know, the way I'm consuming Uh them. I'm noticing what I would have never noticed before. Mm -hmm. That has now become my human superpower. That is Mm -hmm. allowing me to create my boundary before I allow the energy person, the energetic gifts to come through. So those two years in the darkness showed me, made me hear, made me feel like I I didn't know the differentiation between fear and sadness before Mm -hmm. or the different kinds of sadness, right? Mm -hmm. Different Mm -hmm. kinds of fears. Mm -hmm. In the darkness, one of the biggest lessons I heard, well, the biggest lessons I learned about fear was that fear is not fear. Fear is a reminder of something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I spend a lot of time just getting to know my fears, who was my mm-hmm. fear. And I became friends with my fear to the point that today when fear comes knocking at my door, I am very gentle with my fear. I'm like, I see you. I hear you. Come here. Come here. You know? Tell me what you need to hear me. Tell me what you need to tell me because I know you're coming from a place of protecting me. So, yeah, the dark opened my (laughs) senses, human senses. Wow, that is remarkable. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Everyone should try it at least once. A hundred percent. Definitely. Because it's also meditation. That's what we're going in the dark, right? That's how we find ourselves. That's why meditation is so important. Um, and you know, even when I meditate in the day, I have like, um, what are those that you put on to sleep? Yeah. Those little covers. I must. I use it. Yeah. I must because I want to be in the dark. I want to, I want to feel and see, especially if I'm working with an energy, right? Specifically, uh, for me, um, if I'm doing heart work and I'm, I'm feeling sad, I like to work with the Hathors, the seven sisters, and I want to see them. I want to feel, I want to be so immersed in their motherly love yes. that it just, right. It allows my waters to just come out and allow to release. Yeah. So I, I started doing that because I'm like, oh my God, it's too much light. Yeah. And because I'm not able to see them in a, yeah. Right. I want to be in the dark to see. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, how that is. Um, oh my goodness. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to unpack a little bit more, but I might we'll say this at the end. Um, <laughs> regarding C, right? Regarding sight yeah. um, in the third eye, right? And the crown chakra. Um, and this is why I brought out Sway, because I wanted to 
um, have this conversation for everyone out there so we can remove the programming of yeah. what it is to be psychic yeah. right? and, and, and how through time has been misused the words and the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll unpack that towards the end um, because it's truly important. We're going into a world and I love how you said you as the Oracle, because um, what is being requested of us divine feminines is to step into our Oracle selves. That is yeah. part of our, gifts to offer the world right? Yeah. as we move into uh, this new energy and this new timeline. Um, and moving forward in this t- 2024, you're going to hear me say a lot of things that may be new yeah. to the listener that I've never touched up on before, but it is time um, it is. for us to dive into our spiritual selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we know our human selves. I think most of the listeners are adults and we know what it's like to be human, um, but we need to tap into our spirit. And the spirit is the heart, the light. It's all here. Yeah. And you need to start to develop this friendship with yourself. Mm. Um, and I love how you said the different types of sadness. Uh, what is fear, right? How does it show up? It's so important to know these emotions that come in because, right, we just swat them away because we're afraid to face our shadows. Yeah. And and they're here to teach us. It's not a bad thing. It's just the programming and, mm-hmm. and the shame that comes with all of this. So before I go into this <laughs> rabbit hole. I know. I feel you. Right? Let's continue today's journey. Okay. So <laughs> um, so as you know, you went to the monks, right? And you had this remarkable, unfor- unforgettable uh, journey with them. Yeah. Where um, at that point did you decide okay, I'm ready now to offer myself up to the world and and am able to offer my abilities, my love, right? Mm -hmm. Now that you've also, I'm sure, defined now love for yourself, right? Because you had mentioned how, you know, uh, the way we use the wording love, right? It it can't taint us and scare us into accepting and being open to it because the misuse of it um, can put yeah. us off and um in love is such a, a an, another conversation to be had because we kind of lo- i feel like that's part of the fear of not wanting to build a relationship with yourself right yeah. not knowing what love is right and what does that mean for you but please um yeah no first of all like i love i love love i think mm-hmm. i have been um, I, I think this is a beautiful starting point to this because ever since I've been a child, I, I've been so open. I didn't know what it meant to be closed, right? As an adult now, I know what it means to be closed and I have to exercise mm-hmm. closing. I have to exercise putting the walls. But as a child, my natural, my most natural state was love. And I, I feel like as a kid or, you know, young me, knew the different faces, the different languages of love. But as an adult, I had to really understand what that meant because, you know, the older we grow, the more disconnection we have with our core, the heart, the spirit. And so for me, the ready part was on so many different levels. I mean, first of all, going into that, one of the challenges after coming out of the five hours was like service. You have to be devoted to service. Mm. And so what that meant in the monastery was that people, travelers, whoever came, we had to be in service for them, whether it meant giving them water, washing their feet, giving them 
a bits of wisdom, you know, who, whatever it was, we had to be open and ready. It was not even a question of, can you do this? It was part of the routine. You finish before the five hours you serve, after the five hours, you go into service again. And so I met a lot of different people <laughs> and I'm, mm-hmm. I, I saw through a lot of different people. And before I knew it, I was channeling. I was, wis- you know, wisdom was flowing out of me. Mm-hmm. There were two specific people. They were a couple. They came to that monastery and they wanted to rest. And the monastery always had a place for rest for whoever came. And this couple, they wanted to speak to one of the head monks and the monks, you know, they didn't differentiate. There was no such thing as this person is better or this person is less. Everybody was almost like on an equal standing. And so the monk that I was working with, he just gently told me, and he was a man of very few words, human of very few words. He just told me there. And I saw that couple, they were... They had already changed. They came and they sat down after their bath and they basically wanted to share what they were going through. I sat there and keep in mind, this couple was maybe in their 60s. Okay. Whereas I, (laughs) early 20s. Okay. Life, life was the life difference that we had was huge. But as I sat there, they were sharing with me their struggles. They were sharing with me what they were going through. And one of the things that I was told, my my teacher, the monk that I was working with, told me, every time you use your voice, you will use it with intention. You will use it with pure intention. And that was something I had to discover. Like, what does it mean to be in pure intention? It was that moment where they asked me something. They asked me, what do we do? And I think as humans, we reach this point in our life every time we're like, what do we do now? (laughs) Right? And keep in mind, I'm in my early 20s, just reconnecting with myself. So much self-doubt. Not even knowing how much am I worthy. I'm sitting there. I'm listening to this beautiful couple who have shared life, been through life. And they are asking me what do we do? It was that moment that I realized my words will impact them. No matter what I say, no matter what I said, I could have said rubbish, but it would have impacted them because they're at the end of their lifeline, right? They're at the end of their lifeline. And I didn't know how many more years they were going to have, but To be at that age and to ask someone, what do we do? It takes number one, courage. Number two, you know, you have done all the searching you can do, right? Mm -hmm. To come to that point. In that moment when I realized my words are going to impact them no matter what I say, I took a moment and I allowed whatever I heard from within to come out. And I don't exactly remember what I said, but I can remember the reaction. And the reaction was... The couple held my hands together and they just looked at me in the eyes and they said, we will remember you. We will remember you. And I started crying. They started crying. It was a moment. (laughs) It was a moment. That was the first year. They came back the second year, the second year that I was in there. They specifically asked for me. They described me. Mm -hmm. The man, he, the man and the couple, he was 
already losing his memories. I think he had Alzheimer's. And the woman is, you know, her health is okay, but she's not, she's not at her best. Age is affecting. And when I came and I saw them, I could see that they were happier than ever. And whatever I told them, it made a difference. It changed their pathway. And if I remember correctly, I maybe said one sentence with four to five words. That's it. Because for me, it was like, I have to speak with integrity. But that changed for me everything. So now whenever I speak, even if I, you know, sometimes I'm mid downloading, you know, I'm speaking, Mm -hmm. I'm processing and I'm still downloading. Whatever needs to be said will be said. I always trust that. But that changed my way of using words. That's why I love etymology, because I know that if, again, it comes back to that balance that I had to learn between being in the humanness and also being so close to spirit and being spirit itself, I knew that this is a path that I had to walk with integrity. And integrity comes with knowing that your words matter before the actions do. The word in itself is the first action. So, yeah. Sound, right? Yeah. Yes. That story was so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And I can, you know, obviously, I can feel, although I've never met these people, but as you're telling me the story, I can almost touch into that space of how you made them feel. Because you don't remember, but the words don't matter because I can feel them wherever they may be touched by you. Um, and probably have passed. And if they have passed, and that's probably why I can feel them. Yeah, um, of of sure. what you've said. Um, and, you know, and this is why it's important for us to talk and, and have these communications. And um, gosh, it's just, it's so basic, right? Words, in- integrity, intentionality. But because we are so... I love how you brought this up from the beginning. Your perception was clouded because our perception is clouded and we don't know our emotions and ourselves and we come out of our mouths um, with such disdain for each other. And it's it's hurtful to watch and see as as us, as um, we're so tapped in and understand the responsibility of the the, the word because we know what sound means yeah. and you know forget seeing and, and i think that's the most important thing yeah um, that's why it's important right to practice mindfulness so you can be able to be take a moment back and like oh is this what i really mean or am i just upset to project yeah versus what my heart wants to say right and and it, it's thank you for that story um, because I feel like that's a great base for yeah. for the listener to kick off this year of in, of just pay attention. Where yeah. are your words coming from? Are they coming from a traumatic space? Are they coming from a hurtful space? And you just want to hurt back, right? And yeah. we've we've I'm sure we've received right that hurt yeah. and that projection, right? Um, and we know what it's like to ever be on the receiving end of that. All of us do. And it's not, it's not, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good. So just that knowledge should open up that space. Like, Hey, do I want to give back to someone? Or do I want to give back love? Right. Versus regurgitating hate. 
yeah. um, for each other. Because that's what it is. We're not really, uh, I feel like not in so much hate and like, I'm just going to do this. It's just regurgitating like energy transference. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. One person hates the other person. That person goes back and they, it just like that frequency, that wave. Yeah. Right? Right? And it's just, instead, why don't we do the love wave? Yeah. Absolutely, and, and, and as it reverts out, it comes back to you. It's what we don't realize. Yeah, it comes back. So, what do you want? It, what do you want to come back to you? That's yeah. important um, as you're using your words. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, no. You know, one of the things I love what you said about bringing mindfulness into this, because truly, as healers, before we even do the work, we're doing the work. We don't realize this. Mm -hmm. right we mm -hmm. think that the work is the work but really it's the before the after the in between that's the work yes. and as people who are radically responsible to be the shepherds to be the guides to be the mm -hmm. you know doulas of bringing the evolution it is so much more important that we know what we're saying because i had an experience last year um and it was a fellow energy worker she and she she sort of had this beautiful loving energy but you know when someone is not when they're coping i think i talked about this with you before in our previous conversation when someone's coping and they're not healed or they're not healing there's always going to be that projection from a place of yes. where they were not where they are right and so this particular experience with this particular energy worker I loved her and I, I, you know, again, like love, I feel it before I can even formulate it, but I loved her and I know she loved me, but that there was one moment in time where there was clearly like there was another energy worker that I kind of connected her with. She felt so intimidated with the other and by the other energy worker. Why? because and it was very clear we talked about it as well because the other energy worker oh when she walks into the room you can feel her dark feminine mm. okay mm. she was shakti walking with mm -hmm. the gurus you know the i don't know how what, what are they called in english <laughs> the anklets oh, mm -hmm. yeah the anklets oh right Bye. she was walking with presence she was so filled with presence whereas this energy worker that I was speaking to, she was all about the past. There was no presence in her life. Everything was related to the past. And so there was this intimidation. And I'm someone who's always in the future, the now, the, you know, everything is tangled up. And so I remember I was trying to like make sure that there is no conflict. There's nothing that's going on. And she projected and at first I, I allowed it because I was like, it's not a big boundary that she's crossing. But she starts saying things like, oh, you know, you wouldn't know this. You don't need to tell me what your gifts are. But every chance that she would get, she would, you know, share like, I'm gifted, I'm gifted, I'm gifted. And keep in mind, this person is white. Um, I, we've talked about this before as well. But for me, yes. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for being represented in the way that is not right but sacred okay mm. and this this is sacred knowledge this is sacred wisdom that doesn't just come from thin air this is passed on the backs and minds and souls of many that have come before us 
So when she was sharing all of this, I, I really was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to take it as this. I'm going to educate. She didn't want to be educated. And then, so she was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm like, okay. And I remember that moment I was just speaking to my husband right after. And I was like, you know what? Five years ago, me would not be able to handle that, would probably be crying, you know, because I hurt very easily. <laughs> I hurt very easily. Right. But when you know that it's not love, it becomes something else, uh-huh. it's so easy to separate yourself and take yes. that responsibility of like, okay, maybe this is not the space that I should belong to, right? Yeah. So going back to what she said, which is being so mindful of the words That's when I knew when that space right away, I knew like, okay, this is not someone I can share space with because they're not mindful. They don't know that their words carry energy that can be stuck on anyone. Right. So yeah, it's, it's as healers. I know a lot of healers are tuning into this. The divine souls are tuning into this. It's, it's a reminder. It's your radical responsibility. It's not a optional thing. It's your radical responsibility to make sure that you are speaking with presence and intention. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there is such a thing as spiritual narcissism. Yep. Sorry to say, but it's the truth. And that's what she did describe just now. Yeah. And a lot of us have met a lot of these people and there is a lot of that. And they have a hierarchy of who has more expanded consciousness um and what do they know and you know again coming back to privilege yeah right because mm-hmm. you're privileged in the space then you no no in, in the greater scheme of things there are no hierarchies even the monks where you were working at they yeah. didn't even have hierarchy no it's just is it's just the deepening of the practice of self yeah Absolutely. and then knowing divine laws yeah Right, because that's also part of you. That's how you know divine laws. Because you, we've we've come across many of them. We just don't know them, mm-hmm. and it's all that relationship. Yes. Yeah, so, um, thank you for bringing that up because that is that is a thing, and and this is why um, it's important for everyone who's listening and wants to work with someone to always use discernment. Yeah. How do they make you feel? Also, yeah. before you go look for someone, how do you want to feel? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Right now, there's a trend. Like, I think this trend has been going on for a couple of years or a few years now. But you see where spirituality has become a trend. Okay. And they're specifically, again, like spiritual bypassing. They don't even feel like knowledge at this point. It feels like bypassing. And a lot of times, people take in this information especially those who are feeling this inclination, they take in this information and they regurgitate it, not knowing where does the origin come from? How can it be honored? Information. And there's this one saying that I was told when I was young, knowledge is a gift in itself. Yes. Yes. And you have to give honoring to where the knowledge actually comes from to then further becoming one with it and making it your own. So yeah, this has become a trend and it's it's scary. I'm, I'm, it's I'm not scary. gonna even lie, it's scary. There are times I go through TikTok, I'm sure you've seen too. Gosh. Oh my God, twin flame, do you know about this? Wow. Um, da, 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 da. I'm sure this message oh is gosh. for you. Who is going to find, 
No, I, I love how every one of these, you can tell the discernment right away because they always keep guiding you to someone else. Right. Like, oh, what you need in your life is someone else. Right. Externalization. Still. Yeah. Yeah. And what the, you need is outside of you, not in you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, money will solve this or a lover right. will solve this. You know, your ex-boyfriend will solve this or a bigger house, a mm -hmm. car. Everything is external. Everything. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for my French. No, you're good. It's... it's it's is a uh, free form. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's it's really um it is sad because yeah. I love that we talked about this the yeah. trend, right? It just takes away from um the sacredness of it. Uh, and the knowledge and this is this is important for the listener to understand. You know how uh, even this is part of the I call it the fake spiritual woke people yeah. or trend that um they don't want us to know the truth. No, 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 no. No, no, there's no such thing. The truth is always there. Mm -hmm. But you have to prove yourself to attain such responsibility of divine truth. Hey. You can't just take it and be like, I know it. It's like reading um, some of these sacred books. Even, even, I may not be religious, but even the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, they have sacredness. But we just see it for what it is and not really let it seep in and let it just be like oh this is what it really means versus yeah. someone telling you what they think how they've been taught how what this means and you're just like oh yeah and then you regurgitate yeah and that's the problem because even the emerald tablets the book of the dead i can read it and regurgitate it but i need to sit with it i needed to let it just yeah integrate into my soul remember Yes. Where this knowledge comes, yeah. right? Because I don't need to ask a guru or go look. Sit in meditation. Ask the energy of the book itself to talk to you, to teach you, to sit with it. It will unravel itself. so much yeah. truth in itself that you will be mind blown. You never have to go to a library or to a person. You yeah. don't have to externalize truth. Yes, yes. And so this is all a lie, people. Yeah. That they don't want us to know the truth. That is a lie because they don't want you to know the truth. They don't want you to sit in meditation in the darkness. How many people are afraid of the darkness? That says, speaks volumes. It, another example, I love that mm -hmm. you brought this up, but another example you see on, and I know a lot of listeners are tuning and will see and relate to this. Every time a goddess is mentioned, a god, an entity is mentioned, mm -hmm. there's always some dark music, right? It's always like, like there's association, there's little association, like with Hecate, there's dark music, Apollo, there is like sunflowery music or day music. <laughs> and I'm like, but why? Who told you that Apollo is all sunshine and rainbows? Right. Who told you right. Hecate is all about this and that? Who told you? You know, mm -hmm. and I, I'm yet to find someone who can sit and understand the archetypes. The reason they're archetypes right. is because they are meant to evolve within their archetypal energy, right? No, nobody's experience is ever going to be the same with working with this entity or that entity. And the biggest, and I feel the saddest, saddest thing is that the spiritual bypassing these mm. fascist woke spiritualists out there mm. 
they mm-hmm. always redirect you to a bit to another problem instead of solving yes. one. It's funny. I've always I've seen yes. this. Like, okay, you want to know what's happening with you right now? Work with me. Mm-hmm. I feel the biggest and the most the, the true ones, you know, who understand what is truth, what is duality, the laws, what is humanity, what is the merging of, they will always empower you to be with yourself first. Mm-hmm. A million percent. Right? A million percent. That's how you discern. Yeah. And that's how you choose someone to work with. Yeah. To help empower you. Yeah. Not heal you. Only you can do that. Only yes. you can save yourself. No one is coming. Yeah. No one is gonna do it for you that's spiritual bypassing yes no one's gonna do it for you (laughs) stop like stop you need to do the work and if you don't want to do the work none of us are gonna do it for you absolutely there was um a girl i met oh a decade ago and it was um regarding i think there was some scare going on in the media and uh she had said um Oh, like, what would you do in an emergency? You know, would you save me? And I said, no. And she was like, what? You wouldn't save me? I'm like, why is that my job? I have to go take myself out and see myself. Don't you want to save yourself? So even in that space, people want to be saved, right? They don't, because the programming, it's it's both a a choice, an actual choice that you are unaware of, of choosing not to save yourself, and the programming of they're going, someone's going to save you, Mm. someone's coming, right, that died thousands of years ago, he coming back for you, okay, don't worry about that. Yeah. (laughs) No one's coming. And it's just to keep you in a state of unawareness, of self, of truth, of light, and unconditional love. Yeah. And it is, it it is so, like, personally for me, right? I grew up in a Catholic Mm -hmm. mixed space. Mm -hmm. My dad was half Catholic, half Hindu. And that was already, like, a question mark for people, like, you cannot be two religions. And, you know, uh, my mom right. practiced I- in Islam as well as Buddhism at the same time. And it was like, mm, you can't be. Two. I came from a background that was like all religions. Mm-hmm. The whole point, if they make you feel closer to yourself, that's it. Right. Fantastic. If yes. you don't feel that way, step away. And 100%. I like I would I, I used to get into so many debates <laughs> There's so many debates about religion and spirituality. But as I grew older, one of the things that I realized, you know, specifically when we talk about spirituality from the lens of faith, I have so much faith. I am a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Oh but God, who yes. do I have faith in? Myself. Right. My yes. fucking self. Every time I meet someone and they're like, oh, you know, this is this, this is that. I'm like, no, I am a person of faith. My faith is in myself. Mm-hmm. When you can cultivate that faith in yourself, mm-hmm. it is easy to then have faith in anything else. That's why a lot of times I see people who kind of, you know, use spiritual bypassing or mm-hmm. they kind of take information out of context. Like, for example, in the Bible itself, the fact that they keep saying, oh, Jesus is going to come back at the end of the days, right. end of the days. Right. Sure. He's probably walking amongst us, but you don't recognize him because you will only recognize a martyr. 
you will recognize a martyr. And that's what people are gravitating towards. Look at what's happening in our world right now. The only problems that are getting the most attention or are consuming the energy of people are where people are not choosing themselves. That part, that part, that part. And I also say the same thing as you do. I'm like, if Jesus were not to, to knock at your door, you would dismiss him because you don't see yourself until you see yourself. You can't see him. Yeah. If he were, if he were real or if he were to come back, either way, you yeah. can't, you, if he were to offer you water, you would be like, no, thanks. What's wrong with this guy? Yes, exactly. Get out of here. So it's just like, it's, it's just irritating right when you're not choosing yourself yeah right you're externalizing everything else um right when you're saying no to yourself you're saying to yes to everything if you're saying yes to you then you're saying no to everything that doesn't serve you and that that whole faith in yourself is important because that is where it all begins it's in out not out in Mm. we're taught it's not it's 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 um not, not and, and I don't want to say what's wrong or right or what's, uh, um, you know, it's just in practice, we see it. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, and I, I talked about this and uh, I did a recording where I said, um, I spoke on the war, right? Yeah. And I said, we have war outside of ourselves because we are at war with ourselves. ourselves. Our heart and our minds are in a battle. And yeah. so if, if there's a hundred people, let's just take 10 people. If there's 10 people and seven of them are at war with themselves, that environment will reflect that. If seven people out of the 10 are in love and have faith and then tapped in with themselves, the world will reflect that. That's how Absolutely. that works. It has nothing to do with the externalization of how it looks. And I said, you know, people want to help, right? They want to be self-martyrs. I want to help. Do the work. Yeah. That's how you help everybody. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things that I'm so glad that you brought up that, you know, you mentioned what's happening right now. I'm, mm. I'm part Palestinian. I've, mm. I'm, I'm not political, but I am pro-truth always. And I know, and one of the things that I deeply admire about truth is that truth can be in all facets. And one of the things that I realized while having multiple conversations is that the very reason these wars happen is using terms like, you know, we feel disrespected. We know this is ours. This is yours. The, Mm. the me, mine, you, yours, me, mine, you, yours. I feel like even like in relationships, when relationship problems happen, when I was practicing just full-time as a psychologist, my background as a clinical um, psychologist, cognitive behavioral psychologist, I would get a lot of couples that would come in and, you know, they're like, he's like, he, you know, she, this, and then she's like, he, this. And it would be so clear that the things that they're talking about, which is disrespect, lack of attention, all of these things. I'm like, okay, you're talking about disrespect. Where does disrespect come from? Privilege. Words like, when someone disrespects someone else, it is from the understanding, the per- person who is disrespecting, they're doing it from a place of conditioned knowledge. Nobody, nobody in their right mind who carries love in their heart can actually disrespect continuously. 
maybe it will happen once. And then after that, there's always going to be room for like, let me now learn. Right. Right. And I've noticed this and I'm like, I'm so done with it, <laughs> but I keep like, you know, it's, it's an ongoing battle. Right. But at the same time, I've noticed that all these problems, it's because people keep segregating between superior, who's superior, who's inferior. Right. You know, I'm better. You're less than I am more, I have more, I do more. And this is the same problem. That's in like the war that's happening. It is a fucking spiritual war. Why? Yes. Because the people on both ends are thinking from that space of me, mine, you, yours, me, mine, you, yours. And I have so much heart because that means that they're so deep in the trauma, you know, so deep in the trauma of imagine billions. I don't even know how many yes. billion, million lives that have carried the same story. Yes. Of course, if a bad seed is put into earth, even if it sprouts, it will not sprout in healthy in a healthy way. That's just facts. And so as people who are coming from a place of consciousness, mm-hmm. I think that should just go away. Like privilege, fa- privilege check yourself, you know? Yeah. I, I do, th- I'm a brown girl and I still privilege check myself because of my background, yes. you know? Because I know yes. I do have privilege in many areas. And my only question then is like, if I can do this with my background, with my standing, why can't you? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, totally, totally important. It's it's a coming back again to having that mindfulness. Like you have to have so much awareness, self awareness to be okay. Wait, hmm, yeah. Hmm. Like I think about the simplicity of um of when you want to say something, is it kind, right? If it's not, don't say it, right? Even um, simple, Bambi, right? The the thumper, the rabbit, he's like, my mama said, if I have nothing nice to say, I'm going to say nothing at all. There is why that exists. Why is that saying a thing? Because it's so powerful. So, so powerful. And then the power dynamics, when you were saying, is that that imbalance within a couple, within the war. It's like, who has a hold over the other person. No, I do. No, I do. No, but this is mine. And all of that is division and not unified. Yeah. Right. And uh, as you were saying something about, um, oh, I can come back, but it was regarding um, confusion energy is what's happening. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion energy. And because we don't know ourselves, it creates a new frequency of confusion and then we get i i won't get into it now but there's a lot of it out there such yeah. as the the way that gender is now being seen yeah and i'll just leave it at that that's yeah. confusion energy because if you come back to the roots like you said from the beginning of everything and what the intent of everything is because yeah. i go i'm very much into alchemy and alchemy yeah. there's yeah. a masculine energy and a feminine energy in order to create Mm. the end Mm. there is that that is all that exists yeah because you have confusion and you confuse it creates a distortion yeah in the system and the distortion is unnatural yeah so there's a lot to unpack there but (laughs) i'm sure we can go on that (laughs) but i just wanted to touch on it just to 
leave a seed planted. Yes. Um, because it it needs the awareness needs to be because a lot of people are also afraid to speak up on that topic because now they created like this space. Oh, you can't say nothing because oh my god, you're gonna no. If we don't speak our truth and we don't um say what feels right in our hearts, then we are contributing to the distortion. No, absolutely. I right. for, for me, I don't even I don't have that fear anymore. <laughs> I told you, no. we program my no. fear so much that I'm like, okay, if it's yes. there, it means it's trying to tell me like, okay, we, we got to do okay. something, be your own revolution, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. you can revolution, uh, revolutionize the world. But yeah, I feel yeah. you that distortion yes. is real. <laughs> Yes, and and as the audience, the distortion is real, but as the audience, uh, the listener can hear that we can be here forever, we can. Yeah. Um, but I want to give Sway an opportunity to share with the listener of her offerings to the community. Um, and, and if it's something that resonates with you and you want to work with her, please, by all means. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel that my mission or my vision, I love using the word vision more than mission. My vision is to be the holder of your space, whoever you are, wherever you're tuning in from, that is my space. I want to create that space for you to understand your vision, be immersed in your vision and fully express your vision and be in that flow of evolution, embodiment, and expansion. So if you resonate with whatever I said, or if you resonate with just my energy, and if you want to play in that energy and alchemize with me, the best space is my abundance portal. I have multiple different offerings there, whether it is channeling on behalf of you, whether it's alchemizing with your vision itself, whether it's just giving you that guidance of how does your vision want to unfold, all of that and more is in the abundance portal, which I'm sure the link will be somewhere in the show notes. But yeah, that's an open invitation. I love that abundance portal. Hey, I love that. Come on now. That's that's a great way to, that's what it is. That's exactly what that is. So yes, I will make sure to have all her information. Um, It will be on YouTube. And who else allows me? Spotify allows me. And obviously on my website, I will have her information there as well if you want to work with her. And just, I love how you said play with her energy. Like, yeah, because it allows you to expand as well. So truly beautiful. Um, Before I let you go, is there anything that you feel that um, the collective, the universe needs, not the universe, the listeners, maybe that's what needed to come out, um, that, that needs to hear in the here now? Yes, there is one particular thing. Um, it's a little sound alchemy. I I do this in my mornings. I do this in my nights. Um, I just want everyone that's tuning in to just sit with the sounds and focus on the feeling that's giving you in your chest. All right. So I'm going to begin. We're going to start with taking in a deep breath in. And gently exhaling. Now I just want you to focus on my voice. Allow the other senses to just dull and redirect to your ears. And allow the feeling 
that this brings in your chest to be present. Gently take a breath in, allow all of that to integrate, and exhale. Thank you for receiving that. That was completely unexpected and just divine. For joining me today and for being yourself and reflecting back divinity um, as a sister. So I truly appreciate meeting you, talking to you. It's been just refreshing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I, I know we talked about this before, but we've we've got cycles <laughs> to live through and i think this is just yet another cycle that we have come into but thank you so much for having me and sharing wisdom with me in this space yes thank you sister i appreciate you so much and um for the listener out there this is how we're kicking off um moving forward not even just a year time is irrelevant it's just the new wave the new energy the new frequency um, you we will now be transmuting and um, in this in the space unconditional love moving forward and as always this will never change remember that the breath is the secret and I say that because it's always the secret to come back to yourself to the present moment come back home and always lead with love as you heard why today that's important so thank you all for tuning in and expanding with us at present reacting and until next time i'll see you then
If today's episode resonated with you in any way, please subscribe to my podcast and share with anyone that may need to hear today's message. You can find me at Presently Aqui on all social media platforms. Gratitude donations are also accepted via Venmo at Presently Aqui. My wish for all of you is to find the courage and strength to start the path to self-love through mindfulness because you deserve it. Remember the breath is the secret and always lead with love.